Laker but, future. Uh, <laughs> and uh, had a couple of new developing new developments happening in the bad script of my the show that is my life. <laughs> um, Don't leave us in suspense. Okay, well, Mike just told me that more of the stuff, more of the stuff that uh, I guess Carol's daughter said that Carol was pissed off at me about or was mad at me about. And Carol has been saying, you know, I guess was saying stuff about me that didn't really happen and that's not true. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's like she's saying that I hit her, which I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I told you she was a junkie psycho bitch, dude. And it's like I patted her on the like I didn't wasn't even enough to be a spank. I patted her on the back, you know, and because I remember one time I patted her on the back. And she's like, "Don't hit me!" Like I wasn't hitting you. <laughs> so it's like okay. Then then she said that I gave her some kind of drugs. You know, I don't know. I don't know if it was meth because it. There was any drug I saw going around there it was meth, but whatever. But not that she was doing it, but that it was around there. So it's like, I know I didn't give her any kind of drug. I definitely wouldn't give her meth. <laughs> and it's like, so like again, she's like saying I did that, and that didn't happen. And uh, then she's saying I was like yelling at her and telling her what to do, and I don't remember telling her what to do. The only times I yelled at her was when she. Yeah, I knew that chick wasn't worth it, man. (laughs) 
It's all about the sexual play favors, eh? I don't know, this was weird. I don't know. And then, and then uh, this dude that lives here is like going off on me because I'm, I'm like on, on the microwave. He's like, just tell me what's you're like, he wants me to tell him when I'm done using the microwave. And I'm like, okay, I'm using the, he's like, it's simple. And he just starts going off on me. Like, what the fuck? You know, like he's fucking goddamn, like I'm in the goddamn. That's why I'm glad I don't have roommates that are psychopaths. Yeah, those are pretty lame.
chick like Carol sounds like she might get you caught up on some bullshit. Chaos wants pussy all the time. That's all that went on today. slept in really fucking late because nobody told me they were going to a meeting or whatever and then like I woke up too late and missed my phone appointment with the peer support people so then they're like my peer supporter hits me up like oh you missed your appointment so my job is telling me not to hit you up anymore Then I called the chick back and she managed to get my assessment or whatever done or treatment plan done. So I don't know if that still stands. Because it would be a pain in the ass a little bit to get a new peer support uh, company. But I do know that there are a good amount of different peer support companies around town. So... Boss, if they, you know, cut me off because I missed an appointment or whatever. And then after that, I checked my email and it said my package was delivered. But then when I looked at the receipt, it said some T. Taylor signed for my package. So then I'm thinking somebody stole my fucking package because it was supposed to have someone 21 years or older to uh, sign off on the package, you know. But, uh, so I'm asking the, one of the, the main, like, office lady wasn't in, so I went to talk to the other lady that's, like, a case manager about it, and I'm asking her, like, you know, is there anybody here by that name? And she's like, no, and you're not supposed to get packages here anyways. 
Yeah, exactly. This is a great resource. These are 10 tools for health and wellness. Like, and the lady's a bitch, so I don't like dealing with her, you, you know. You can click on each of these links. Well, she's not the manager. She's a caseworker. Like, she, like, helps people with getting, like, free food and all that other shit. Yeah, so I wasn't trying to speak to her as, you know, really. So I was just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, and then, like, I just said, let me just check my mailbox just in case. And then the package was in my mailbox. So somebody signed for my package, and then the mail dude put the package in my mailbox. Which is really fucking weird. He was supposed to come up to my apartment and have me sign for it. So that was just a weird ordeal. But now I know don't have any shit sent here. Just have it sent to my mom's house. So there's not any shenanigans. And then uh, after that, you know, just chilled out. Worked on the peer support shit, which I'm not really working on it. I'm just, you know, just playing it in the background and taking the tests and passing. So it's good that these courses are so easy you don't have to study. No, it's just like I might have to go with another peer support company in town. Which is basically somebody who takes me to meetings and, you know, helps me go to appointments and shit like that in the store. Which would mildly inconvenience me, but the worst it would take is like two weeks to get that set up with another company. Because I was thinking about getting a new peer support company when the guy I've been working with for, like, the past year, like, uh, when his car was broke down and he, like, wasn't taking me to meetings for, like, two and a half months or some shit. So I went and talked to another peer support company that's downtown, and they were going to sign me up in, like, a week. Like, they told me to wait a week and then come in for an appointment to get signed up. But, uh, the guy told me, you know, oh, my car is working, so... And then I was like, oh, alright. I'll just stick with him. But, uh, then, like, uh, I just pretty much chilled the rest of the day. Ate some pizza, went... Oh, yeah, another annoying aspect of the day is that they still haven't processed the letter from my rehab to give me more money on my, uh, checks. So they're like, oh, they're still processing that. And I'm like, dude, you guys have had that paperwork for, like, a month. 
and they're still processing and trying to decide. So I just said, fuck it. I'm going to the library. I'm going to fax them my lease. So just to put the final nail in the coffin, like, give me my fucking money and quit screwing me around. So hopefully that, you know, puts an end to that shit. And then... Yeah, came back from uh, the library and being downtown. And uh, then my sponsor hit me up, asked me if I wanted to go to a meeting. So I was like, sure, why the hell not? So we went to a meeting, but it was like, uh, it was weird. Like they ran it way different than I'd ever seen it before because they would read like three paragraphs and then we'd talk about it. But then, like, there was, like, hardly anybody that wanted to talk. There would be, like, they'd read, like, three paragraphs, and then, like, maybe one or two people would talk. And I thought that was weird, because, like, usually in meetings, like, it's hard to get people to shut up, honestly. (laughs) Like, sometimes, like, people are just long-winded and talk forever. Which actually makes the meeting go quicker as long as they're not talking about bullshit. So that was interesting. And then, like, uh, went to rallies. And that was an ordeal because, like, the receipt was saying that we should have got six sandwiches. But then, like, they're like, no, you got charged for four. And then they were trying to say, like, oh, we gave you an extra sandwich for free. And we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know? You know, the receipt didn't match what they did. So it's just like, okay. So we didn't win that argument, but I bought me, my sponsor, and his girlfriend some food. And then came back and I'm talking to you, you know. So, welcome back to the Kyle Chaos and Aaron Order show. I'm your host, Aaron Order. And today we are going to spend an hour on... Yahoo, and then go to InfoWars. So let's get started. Like, uh, think we give everybody a decent shot. Because to me, like, uh, you know, I'm biased. Like, InfoWars is my favorite site to go to for news. But, you know, you can't get all perspectives from one source, so... It's good that we spend, you know, two hours on each one. Because then we're not boring people to death with a bunch of articles from the same source, especially if it's not that interesting.
It could be, but that would require me to skip over, like, articles that are not as interesting. I usually just pretty much go through, unless it's just a completely mundane article, like, I pretty much go through every article title. So it's just a luck of the draw, you know. We always run out of NPR real quick because they usually just don't have much. Looks like uh, Biden finalizing executive action on policing. But it looks like it's about police reform, so that's good. He's finally growing a pair and getting on with his agenda. He's got a lot of damage control to do, in my opinion. And this would be good if it actually is a substantial and effective thing and not just lip service about police reform. Probably. It's just like, oh, yeah, Joe. Keep going. Don't use your teeth, Joe. just a bad BJ then. can make you come really hard but it was like went so fast it was got my dick sucked she didn't use her teeth so that was nice which you know like like made me kind of wish I didn't use a condom but then I'm like 
Nah, should have used a condom. <laughs> Well, yeah, that would probably be it for my experience. Like, yeah, that'd make it a shitty blowjob. chick that gave me a BJ, it was good enough that I paid her, you know. But, uh, President Joe Biden plans to sign executive actions on police reform as early as this month. Three people familiar with the plan said that as his administration seeks to unilaterally jumpstart an issue, that is a top priority for a key constituency. Which I think a lot of Republicans and Democrats would support police reform. As long as it's not too extreme. Unless, like, they make it where... Unless they would make it where police get in more trouble for being asshole police officers and shit, it won't do anything. Because if there's no consequences for them shooting somebody in the back or something like that, or shooting an unarmed person... You know, there will be no change, so it will be just a lip service law. The executive actions would follow Biden's uphill battle to advance voting rights legislation. And they could coincide with a similar effort by some Democratic lawmakers to revive the George Floyd Justice in Policing Act, which stalled on Capitol Hill after attempts to craft a bipartisan measure failed. Basically, they think that it might involve reviving the George Floyd Justice in Policing Act, which stalled on Capitol Hill after attempts to craft a bipartisan measure failed. 
Yeah, that's definitely what I thought he did most of the time as well. Yeah, because that's what, like, all the defenders of Obama would say, is, oh, they stopped everything he ever tried to do. It's like, nah, any shit he actually put out there, like, it went through, you know? Yeah, like, you could... Huh? Yeah, that's one thing. Well, basically, they're not saying what they're trying to do. I've been skimming while you were talking. Yeah, it's just like, you know, like... The executive actions on policing are still being finalized... They did not know how the actions would differ from the steps the Justice Department took last year when it imposed new restrictions on chokeholds and no-knock warrants. Two people familiar with the discussion said the White House could roll out the executive actions to mark the beginning of Black History Month in February. Biden also is expected to use the moment to criticize former President Donald Trump. The people familiar with the discussion said he was sharply critical of Trump on January 6th anniversary speech. And again Tuesday... I don't know, they just threw that in there. No, it's not that you're not compromising. It's just like the article just took a left turn for no reason. Two people familiar with the discussion said the White House could roll out the executive actions to mark the beginning of Black History Month in February. And then the next one says Biden also is expected to use the moment to criticize former President Donald Trump. (sighs) 
The White House is starting 2022 with major pushes for voting rights and police reform as Biden's support among black voters. A voting bloc key to both his primary and general election successes appears to be at an all-time low. A new Quinnipiac, well, Quinnipiac University poll found that 57% of black voters approved of Biden's job performance, down significantly from 78% in April. see Biden actually doing like any president doing anything to really help black people in particular like it's only like a couple years into Biden's uh well a year and a few months into his presidency but like I think he could have spent a lot more time trying to help black people Because so far, Trump has done more for black people than Biden has. You know, because he helped out, like, the black colleges, getting them more funding. He really helped out Mexicans, so that was different. What did Biden do? Well, he hasn't really reformed immigration. He's just, like, had the... I think it was the Justice Department had new uh, memos about being more lax about, you know, sending you know, like arresting Mexicans and people from other countries for just being in the country. They have to commit a crime for them to be like, he's done stuff like that. It is. Yeah, that is. And that's probably pissed off quite a few people. Yeah, but he didn't actually pass a law to do it. So as soon as another Republican gets in office, they can just change that shit with a stroke of a pen. Well, with a memo. And then it says, uh, and in territory that could imperil Democrats' chances of keeping control of the House 
and the Senate in the November midterm elections, speaking about the lack of black support. The White House held back on police reform executive actions last year out of concern that such moves could upend bipartisan negotiations on the issue in Congress. Well, I think that's something that he can't wait on. Like, you can't wait for some bipartisan measure that'll probably never come. Because at the end of the day, like, the vast majority of white people are quite happy with how the police have been doing their job. It's only people of color that have, like, major issues dealing with the police. It's not white people. So when you look at it like that, waiting on some law to come is pretty fucking stupid. So I think that was a dumb reason to hold back on doing anything. Like him, like what it said in the article where it says that he, the White House held back on police reform executive actions last year out of concern that such moves could upend bipartisan negotiations on the issue in Congress. Representative Jim Clyburn, Democrats SC, don't remember what that one stands for, South Carolina, whose support was crucial to Biden's winning the Democratic nomination, is among those who have been urging him both publicly and privately not to forget his promise upon winning the White House to have black voters' backs. Clyburn said he pushed Biden in particular to show new urgency about voting rights, even if it means being more aggressive with fellow Democrats when they traveled together to South Carolina last month. fuck is this thing talking about this uh one of the best resources i found is choosemyplate.gov 
It shows resources for Sorry, fruits, I'm just like playing this fucking class in the background. Gives you a plethora of options on what foods to eat, what foods So I can to get eat, through with it instead of sitting through the videos because they're pretty fucking resources. boring. Can't hear it now, can you? Yeah, so, uh, last paragraph of the article what he's got to understand is that he's no longer a senator. He's now president, and he's got to be able to say to some of these senators, I know there's some things that you'd like to have my help on. But let me tell you up front, I need your help too, Clyburn said. And that's the end of the article. Basically, he's saying that, you know, he needs to tell these senators that in order to get my help, you need to help me. says thousands of federal inmates to be released this week. Thousands of federal inmates to be released this week. Hmm? Federal inmates. <laughs> well, it's all about the Justice Department law, well, justice reform bill that uh, overhauled that Trump signed. So they're moving forward with uh, that law. So... I guess. I didn't hear that was his thing. Sounds like an overindulged rapper. Yeah, because that's why I like the rappers that I listen to. They're usually pretty down-to-earth guys. And yeah, he's definitely from outer space or someplace.
Yeah, with his, with his fashion shows with dudes wearing dresses. He's definitely an alien. The planet what? Yeah, probably. But uh, the Justice Department will begin transferring thousands of inmates out of federal prisons this week as part of a sweeping criminal justice overhaul signed by President Donald Trump more than three years ago. Which, goddamn, they sure took their time on implementing this shit. Three years ago? Ah, so it was before your sweet dream turned into a nightmare. The department, in a rule being published Thursday in the Federal Register, is spelling out how time credits for prisoners will work. Under the law signed in December 2018, inmates are eligible to earn time credits. 10 days to 15 days of credit for every 30 days they participate in prison programs to reduce recidivism. Whatever the fuck that means. The Justice Department says the number of eligible programs has increased and inmates will not be punished if they cannot participate for reasons beyond their control.
Uh, inmates will not be punished if they cannot participate for reasons beyond their control. preacher told me one time move on The department in a rule being published Thursday in federal in the Federal Register is spelling out how well we already read that. The bipartisan law is intended to encourage inmates to participate in programs aimed at reducing recidivism, which could let them out of prison earlier. It also eases mandatory minimum sentences and gives judges more discretion in sentencing. While the transfers are expected to begin this week, it isn't clear how many inmates will be released. The department would only say that thousands of inmates are being affected. Yeah, it could mean, like, basically what they're hinting at is that it could be 20,000 people, or it could just be two. So you're going to have to give the warden a nice blowjob. I think there'll be quite a few sissies. It says the programs range from anger management and drug treatment to educational work and social skills classes. Well, that actually is a lot of shit because I know I've known a lot of guys that have taken shit like that in jail.
Hmm. The announcement of a finalized rule being published comes about two months after the department's inspector general sounded an alarm that the Bureau of Prisons had not applied the earned time credits to about 60,000 federal inmates who had completed the programs. Yeah. Which means that could be a lot of motherfuckers getting let out of jail if 60,000 hadn't gotten their credits. It also comes a week after an announcement that the director of the prison agency, Michael Carvajal, will resign from his position in the face of mounting criticism over his leadership. The Biden administration has faced increased pressure from both Democratic and Republican lawmakers to do more to put in place additional aspects of the First Step Act, and the Bureau has been accused of dragging its feet. Yeah, like Trump had said that when he was president, that it was up to the individual states to implement the rules and shit, and they weren't doing it. I mean, it's good that uh, there's bipartisan support for that shit. There has been a significant staffing shortage at the Bureau for years, and that has pressed teachers, cooks, nurses, and other workers into service as correctional officers. Employees have long argued that pulling them away from their other duties to guard inmates slows action on the First Step Act because they have less time to teach classes, review release paperwork, and provide inmate services. Probably. The Justice Department says the number of eligible programs has increased and inmates will not be punished if they cannot participate for reasons beyond their control. The department has been working for months to try to increase bureau staffing. The inmates being released will be sent to supervised release programs, which means halfway houses, released to home confinement, or transferred into the Bureau's residential re-entry centers. Oh, well then, what's a supervised release program?
Yeah, because the re-entry center is commonly known as halfway houses. The law... Well, we know what home confinement is. Supervised release programs. Like, Let's look that up. What is supervised release? The supervised release program provides pre-trial supervision and voluntary social service referrals to people charged with nonviolent felony and misdemeanor offenses and who are likely to be detained pre-trial. So I guess they're just funneling them into that program just to get more butts moving and out of prisons. And then we got a minute left in this segment. Uh, the law allows inmates to earn time credits back to 2018 when the First Step Act was enacted. The Justice Department says implementation of the finalized rule will begin this week with inmates whose time credits exceed the days remaining on their sentence, are less than a year from release, and have a term of supervised release. Transfers are underway. More are expected in the weeks ahead as officials apply the time credits to inmates' records. The rule also changes the Bureau's definition of a day credit. A proposed version in January 2020 said inmates would need to participate for eight hours in certain academic programs or prison jobs to qualify for... Uh, Welcome back to the Kyle Chaos and Aaron Order Show. I'm your host, Aaron Order. I'm Kyle Chaos. Okay, so we're in the middle of this article. So where are we in this article now? No, we finished it. Okay, we finished it. So, okay. And Kim Kardashian. Because I remember she was, I remember she was pushing for people to get released. Well, like she was mainly trying to get people pardoned. Yeah, because even though she doesn't look white, she's technically as white as they get. white guy with some pretty awesome dreads at a meeting a few weeks back. Usually white guys can't pull off the dread look. 
which is very bizarre for a, you know, a guy in a sober program to be having roster dreads, <laughs> especially if he's white. And I guess so many black dudes are wearing dreads now. Like, that's what my nephew has. Like, he has dreads, like, short dreads. And they're so fucking ugly. <laughs> I just leave them be, but they're just so ugly. They don't look good on them at all. But that's what all the rappers are wearing nowadays is fucking dreads. And it's like all the Migos... Yeah, all the Migos, fucking the baby, Young Thug, it's like all of them fucking dreads. And that was more back in uh their two thousand, two thousand ten ish, you know. Well, it seems to change every three to five years. Seems to change every three to five years. Yeah, I'm just so vicariously a part of hip-hop, you know, because even, like, my roommates, like, they would listen to... You know, like, they'd be so super white guys, but then they'd be listening to gangster trap music and shit. find myself listening to like particularly rap like I listen to like uh, and I haven't felt like changing the songs that are in my phone but like I have a pretty good mixture of like stuff like Slipknot and you know like other musicians on my phone It's like in some ways rap is kind of coming out of the fog of mumble rap, but it's still like kind of on this, like, I don't know, like it, it, it's still like on a sucky track, you know, like, like people like Megan the Stallion are rapping and it's like, eh, I'm not very impressed, you know.
Ah, uh, pussy. The all-powerful factor in Kyle Chaos's life. And then the next story is Trump celebrates departure of another GOP representative. firm believer in doing whatever floats your boat. <laughs> Looks like the curses are coming home to roost for the Republicans who voted to impeach Trump. 
John Katko is the one that's highlighted most on this article. Yeah, there is four. Well, three. New York. Uh, Representative Anthony Gonzalez of Ohio and Adam Kinzinger of Illinois. Uh, that was a they're aiming at Liz Cheney next, but she hasn't announced she's retiring yet. Well, they're not just resigning, they're retiring. And he said, uh, my conscience, principles, and commitment to do what's right have guided every decision I've made as a member of Congress, and they guide my decision today, said Katko. Definitely not if they voted to impeach him. Yeah, so Liz Cheney's probably next is wildly unpopular with everybody except the Democrats she is. She is. Yeah, we can keep it moving. Nah, we ain't missing nothing. He stabbed man seven times. Now he's a transplant pioneer. Yeah. Eastern states on alert as major winter storm looms.
Eastern states on alert as major winter storm looms. Storm watches were issued in many locations early Friday morning in advance of the snow. Roanoke, Virginia, Charleston, West Virginia, Pittsburgh, Binghamton, and Syracuse. You hear me? Yeah, New York. Yeah, so that's what I was saying. Like, my sponsor's girlfriend was like, oh, who's going to be on the watch for a storm? I'm like, I don't know. But, nah, Ohio ain't on the list, so it might snow a little bit here, but hopefully not a lot. Like, I know I got a waterproof vape. Yeah, exactly. House committee considers a major escalation. January 6th inquiry weighs a major escalation, subpoenaing colleagues. Basically, since Representative Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader, uh, refused to be interviewed by the House committee, uh, they're basically thinking about subpoenaing him.
Yeah, like, they're just, like, you know, going as authoritarian as they can be allowed to go. Do you want to go into this more or keep it moving? For weeks, members and investigators on the special house panel have privately agonized over how aggressive to be in pursuing sitting members of Congress, weighing their desire for information about lawmakers' direct interactions with former President Donald Trump against the potential legal difficulty and political consequences of doing so. They definitely seem to be. Yeah, they're just talking about, uh, yeah, they're just talking about McCarthy. They aren't talking about anybody else. authoritarian as they can go I think they will go after him
Well, North Korea's back in the headlines. Yeah, North Korea fires fresh missiles in response to U.S. sanctions. They're subway fresh. Yeah, they're Subway Fresh. Hours earlier, North Korea issued a statement berating the Biden administration for imposing fresh sanctions over its previous missile test and warned of stronger and more explicit action if Washington maintains its confrontational stance. Yeah, this is the third weapons launched this month. If he did, he'd start World War fucking three. What pisses you off so much about cars?
Sounds like a tough position to be in. South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff said the missiles were fired 11 minutes apart from an inland area in western North Pyongyang province where North Korea is known to operate key missile bases and has frequently conducted test launches in recent years. The missiles flew 430 kilometers, 267 miles cross-country on a maximum altitude of 36 kilometers, 22 miles, before landing in the sea, the military said. So their missiles are still shit. Japan's Coast Guard urged vessels to pay attention to falling objects, but Chief Cabinet Secretary Hirokazu Matsuno said there were no reports of damage to vessels or aircraft. Hours earlier, North Korea issued a statement berating the Biden administration for imposing fresh sanctions over its previous missile tests and warned of stronger, more illicit action. Well, we already read that. Yeah, I can picture just Kim Jong-un singing, Baby, your fireworks. Go and let your cars burst. <laughs> Katy Perry. <laughs> Well, uh, from all the implied media, she's a whore. Yeah, because, like, uh, all those, uh, Russell, I think that's his name, Russell Brand, uh, he was her boyfriend for, like, years, and, like, uh, he made a bunch of movies about his girlfriend being a whore and shit.
And then the Treasury Department sanctions targeted five North Koreans over their roles in obtaining equipment and technology for the North's missile program. In its response to the North's missile test this week, the State Department orders sanctions against another North Korean, a Russian man, and a Russian company for their broader support of North Korea's weapons of mass destruction activities. The Biden administration also announced it will seek U.N. sanctions, and a senior official from the U.S. mission to the United Nations said Friday that Washington will seek targeted measures against five individuals tied to North Korea's weapons development and is working with its allies on additional designations. doesn't say the the official who was not authorized to speak publicly said there has been no response from North Korea to the US offer some months ago to sit down and sit down with preconditions to talk about ways to denuclearize the Korean Peninsula and the possibility of U.S. humanitarian assistance. The only response from Pyongyang Pyongyang, has been renewed missile tests, which are pretty destabilizing, dangerous, and most importantly, contravene a whole host of UN Security Council resolutions, the official said. Yeah, it's just like Kim Jong-un, he doesn't give a fuck how much of his people starve for his little power trip. The test launch of a hypersonic missile on Tuesday, the second in a week, was overseen by leader Kim Jong-un, who said it would greatly increase his country's nuclear war deterrent. North Korea has been ramping up tests of new, potentially nuclear-capable missiles designed to overwhelm missile defenses in the region. Some experts say Kim is going back to a tried-and-true technique of pressuring the world with missile launches and outrageous threats before offering negotiations meant to extract concessions.
following an unusually provocative run in nuclear and long-range missile tests in 2017 that demonstrated the North's pursuit of an arsenal that could target the American homeland, Kim initiated diplomacy with former President Donald Trump in 2018 in an attempt to leverage his nukes for economic benefits. But the negotiations derailed after Kim's second summit with Trump in 2019 when the Americans rejected his demands for major sanctions relief in exchange for a partial surrender of the North's nuclear capabilities. That's the end of the article. Probably that alcohol induced uh, hallucinations. Tech Nine said, never ever go out with a psycho bitch. concedes defeat on election bills. but conceding defeat, President Joe Biden said Thursday he's now unsure the Democrats' major elections and voting rights legislation can pass Congress this year.
He spoke at the Capitol after a key fellow Democrat, Senator Kirsten Sinema of Arizona, dramatically announced her refusal to go along with changing Senate rules to muscle the bill past a Republican filibuster. So the filibuster's here to stay. Nah, they just gotta show an ID when they vote. That's what I do when I vote. pretty much vote anywhere, but you gotta show proof of who you are, if I remember correctly. You don't have an ID? <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Yeah, that was just the uh, <clears throat> summary. Biden had come to Capitol Hill to, well, to the Capitol to prod Democratic senators in a closed door meeting, but he has, was not optimistic when he emerged. female mutilation female general mutilation
All but conceding defeat, President Joe Biden said Thursday he's now unsure the Democrats' major elections and voting rights legislation can pass Congress this year. He spoke at the Capitol after a key fellow Democrat senator, Kirsten Sinema of Arizona, dramatically announced her refusal to go along. Well, we already read that. Biden had come to the Capitol to prod Democrat senators. So we already read that. He vowed to keep fighting for the sweeping legislation that advocates say is vital to protecting elections. Well, how does that protect elections when it makes it easier for people to vote that? And especially when, you know, the conspiracy... Nah, I don't view it that way at all. Because, like, my main problem with it is, is that as far as I understand it, the way InfoWars has covered it, that they're trying to get illegals to be able to vote. Like, that's my only real problem with it. They didn't learn it. They weren't dropped out of their mama's cooch on American soil. You can't go to Mexico and vote. And then you have to take their problems into consideration when you're planning things out for new laws. Because basically, like, say if you're... Like, if some Democrats come up with a new law, like... Uh, all um, illegal immigrants get free health care nationwide. You can just override the American voters, you know, numbers with Mexicans. So the Mexicans flooding America millions every few months. Like you could pass whatever law you wanted to in their favor as long as they outnumber the Americans, which can easily be done. It would fuck me over because then those laws, like they would start making laws to specifically help out Mexicans. Just like what Trump did when he like made it where all the like 
like Latino or whatever, like, you know, like people from those nationalities could go to whatever schools they wanted to, but black people were not included in it. That type of shit pisses me off. That's like a prime example of the type of laws that could happen if you sit up and just transplant millions of voters from other countries. That's how democracy works. Majority rules. What happens when the majority isn't even natural-born Americans? Then they can vote. Then they can vote to give back California and Texas and shit like that. That shit opens up a whole other kind of can of worms. I'm just wargaming. Like, that's the type of shit that can happen when you get a whole bunch of voters with completely different moral values than you. And then whoever let all those Mexicans in and Guatemalans and all that they're automatically going to get the vote from the people who they let in. So they can automatically, the Democrats, since they're the ones passing these laws, they're the ones letting all these Mexicans in, it's guaranteed that with enough voters that are illegals, they will win every single election until kingdom come. Why not? Why would they vote for a Republican who didn't want them to come in the country. They let them in the country. They let them have a new life.
the honest to God answer is I don't know whether we can get this done Biden said he told reporters his voice rising as long as I'm in the White House as long as I am engaged at all I'm going to be fighting Cinema all but dashed the bill's chances minutes earlier, declaring just before Biden arrived on Capitol Hill that she could not support a short-sighted rules change. It's extremely short-sighted to change the rules just so it suits you. Because then when the shoe's on the other foot and the Republicans get back in power, they can push whatever bullshit they want, especially like, like, what's a good example of an initiative the Republicans wanted to push? Oh, yeah, getting rid of food stamps or getting rid of Medicaid or cutting off Social Security. If that became one of their... Uh, if that became basically one of their campaign promises that they run on, then there would be nothing stopping them from doing that. There'd be no filibuster to slow that down or stop it completely. The Republicans could just do whatever the fuck they want when they have the numbers. Which is short-sighted, that's what she's saying. (laughs) About time. True. Uh, She said in a speech on the Senate floor that the answer to divisiveness in the Senate and in the country is not to change filibuster rules so one party, even hers, can pass controversial bills. We must address the disease itself, the disease of division, to protect our democracy, she said.
The moment once again leaves Biden empty-handed after a high-profile visit to Congress. Earlier forays did little to advance his other big priority, the Build Back Better Act of social and climate change initiatives. Instead, Biden returned to the White House with his agenda languishing in Congress. Welcome back to the Kyle Chaos and Aaron Order Show. I'm your host, Aaron Order. And I'm Kyle Chaos. Anyway, what I was trying to say, though, was that it's the mainstream always gets what it wants. And whenever they want to push something lame, like what happened, like everything that I was hearing the voice in my head talk about in through from the summer of 2019 till I left that house in, in Marina Del Rey, which was just all the stuff that the Democrats wound up doing, that all the changes for the worst that the Democrats wound up doing to us around March of 2020 are starting, you know, all the things that they're in the process of moving to make happen, that is all the stuff we have to try to fight against. And it's like Biden has done a good job of getting all that horrible shit from his agenda that's fucking us over the most to go through. And it's it's uh, scaring the shit out of me just how much we've lost our freedom as a country because this part of his agenda gets to go through while the parts of his agenda that would be changes for the better like you know stopping climate change or or uh, uh, voter reform or you know like making it so that people don't get or so that it's not hard for people to vote in certain states where they want to screw over poor people um or making sure that we get uh, uh, good handouts that, that help people without money. Like, that's the stuff that doesn't ever get to go through because of this lame majority that they don't want there to be division over. So, like, to me, the division is important because the division in the country is the only thing that could possibly make anything other than changes for the worse happen in our country. You know, that the, our division is the only thing that could push for any change for the better 
to happen in this country at all. So I don't think we should be trying to bring the country back together and make everything mainstream so nothing changes and that, oh, then there's no division and we can be that stupid America that we were in World War II where everybody went along with everything that happened and, and where everybody was just so ready to go back America and fighting the war and all this kind of shit. And if we went to North Korea, nobody would protest or complain about it. It's like, I don't want to go back to that America. I'm, we really need a divided America in order for things to, to push forward. So, you know, divided we change. But okay, what, what else is in the article? Uh, give me a second. Uh, I was just getting a certificate from my class I just passed. Mm -hmm. Drop a bomb on you, baby. I drop a bomb on you, raise Americans. Uh, Biden spoke for more than an hour in private with rest of Democrats in the Senate, including Joe Manchin of West Virginia, who also opposes changing Senate rules. Manchin said in a statement later, ending the filibuster would be the easy way out. I cannot support such a perilous course for this nation. Well, I agree with half of that, and I think half of that is laughable. Ending the filibuster would be the easy way out. I think that's laughable. Well, it's just... How do I put it? That's just him, like, coming up with some fancy or, well, empathetic way of saying, like, you know, trying to make it an emotional decision, you know?
<laughs> Course cow chaos, all emotion. And then the part that I agreed with is I cannot support such a perilous course for this nation. Both senators went to the White House Thursday evening for an additional hour, which the White House later described as a candid and respectful exchange of views. at it like the worst decisions I ever made were based on emotion like when I left for Nevada before getting my uh, actually getting my EMT license I felt like I'd be able to get there and get a job and it would be simple and then I could just take, you know, you know, get a place to stay and, you know, get like my EMT certification in Nevada. So then I'd be able to, you know, basically, you know, I just felt like that was what was going to happen. And then what I felt like what was going to happen and be so easy turned out to be two years of homelessness.
Damn, those cookies are tasting good right now. They're cookie vape. Cookie CBD. Since taking control of Congress in the White House last year, Democrats have vowed to counteract a wave of new state laws inspired by former President Donald Trump's false claims of a stolen election that have made it harder to vote, but their efforts have stalled in the narrowly divided Senate, where they lack the 60 votes out of 100 to overcome a Republican filibuster. For weeks, cinema and mansion have come under intense pressure to support rules changes that would allow the party to pass their legislation with a simple majority, a step both have long opposed. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, Republican Kentucky, called cinema's speech an important act of political courage that could save the Senate as an institution. Her own colleagues weren't as charitable. Uh, He said it was an act of political courage. Uh to give a speech saying that she wouldn't support the rules changes. I think it's courage the same way uh, those Republicans that, you know, voted to impeach Trump. I thought they were courageous because I thought those were incredibly stupid things to do and for the longevity of their political careers. And I think Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin are taking that same route where they're basically committing political suicide in their parties.
Well, when it seems like most Democrats want this, uh, well, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure what the voters actually think about, the Democrat voters think about changing the Senate rules and all that. Like, let me see if I can find some stats on that. Uh, I don't remember. this up. Well, it says, well, nah, it's not political suicide, because it says uh, where Democrat senators stand on changing or eliminating the filibuster. But for support, such as a change is nowhere near the 50 votes needed. Many have called for smaller changes, such as a talking filibuster. So, like... Not a lot of these, uh, yeah, Senate positions on the filibuster. 21 senators say eliminate the filibuster. 23 say they're committed to changes. Four open to changes. Two opposed to changes. So, at least in, I couldn't find any you know, public polls on this issue. But when it comes to the actual senators, it's like, mm, nah, I guess it ain't political suicide. And then the final paragraph, Senator Angus King a main independent who once opposed changing the Senate rules said she believes that the risk of changing the filibuster is greater than the risk of what's going on in the states. I hope profoundly that she's right. I fear that she's wrong. Uh, an independent named Angus King... says that uh, Kirsten Cinema she believes that the risk of changing the filibuster uh, 
is greater than the risk of what's going on in the states. I hope profoundly that she's right. I fear that she's wrong. Oh, yeah, and then Biden's trying to call on the businesses to implement the vaccine mandates. That was the end of it. We're 20 minutes into the podcast, so that'll give us about 40 minutes to talk about InfoWars. And then GOP Senator who Fauci called a moron is set to introduce the Fauci Act. I think it was Ron Johnson, but let me make sure. Roger Marshall. Don't do much. The Fauci Act will require the Office of Government Ethics website to list the pay and perks of administration officials such as Fauci.
A Republican senator from Kansas is taking aim at the secrecy surrounding the financial records of the White House coronavirus advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, which, despite Fauci's claims to the contrary, remain largely hidden from public view. GOP... Very true. GOP Senator Roger Marshall of Kansas will introduce the financial accountability for uniquely compensated individuals act. <laughs> wow, he really came out with an acronym for that shit. Or Fauci Act. Due to his concerns about the lack of transparency regarding Fauci's records, according to The Hill. He can go to town. And the roosters aren't safe either. The Fauci Act will require the Office of Governmental Ethics, well, Government Ethics website, to list the pay and perks for administration officials such as Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. The agency would also requ be required to provide a list of those paid by the government whose financial records are not public. Yeah, it would be good, but I think this would unleash a can of worms that I don't think these politicians are willing to have opened.
Nope. forward to reviewing it. Marshall said as Washington Democrat Senator Patty, Patty Murray, chairwoman of the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee cut off the exchange between Marshall and Fauci. Then came the hot mic comment that raised Marshall's ire. What a moron, Fauci said softly, according to multiple outlets. Jesus Christ. She just cut him off. Doesn't say. A Department of Health and Human Services spokesman Ian Sams then criticized Marshall for criticizing Fauci, according to Politico. At a time when America is seeing rising COVID cases, Sams said it's disappointing and frankly unacceptable that Republican senators chose to spend a hearing with the country's leading public health experts spreading conspiracy theories and lies about Dr. Fauci rather than how we protect people from COVID-19. said existing public records available online do not show Fauci's pay for any time since the 2020 federal fiscal year, which ended September 30 of 2020. It's not public what stocks and bonds Dr. Fauci bought and sold in 2020 or 2021. 
as he influenced COVID policies. It's not public what Fauci received or didn't receive in royalties. There are up to 1,000 current and former NIH scientists receiving royalties. Each payment could be a potential conflict of interest. Yes, all this information resides with the National Institutes of Health, but isn't public knowledge, despite Dr. Fauci's claims otherwise. Andrew Dre... Well, let me just spell it, because this is a weird-ass name. A-N-D-R-Z-E-J-E-W-S-K-I noted the... I guess. Well, it's... Well, it's a R-Z-E between the J and the D. I don't know how that's pronounced. A-N-D-R-Z-E-J-E-W-S-K-I. Yeah, that sounds more right. Noted that vast amounts of information on Fauci, about 1,200 pages, remain in the hands of the National Institutes of Health despite a Freedom of Information proceeding by the nonprofit group Judicial Watch to kick loose the facts. Yeah, Judicial Watch does a lot of good shit. And that's the end of the article. Then the next story is DeSantis slams Justices Roberts and Kavanaugh for having no backbone in healthcare vaccine mandate. it's probably going to go the same way as the major, well, the businesses.
Then the next story is what's going on with Nancy Pelosi's son. What's going on with Nancy Pelosi's son? It's always incest with Kyle Cass. No, she's not that hot. Ties to a host of fraudsters, rule breakers, and convicted criminals exposed. He has ties to fraudsters, rule breakers, which I don't even know what that means, and convicted criminals. So do I. talking about business dealings. So he did business with a host of fraudsters, rule breakers, and convicted criminals. No, I think it's pretty much just as cheap, like, as them going after, you know, Trump's kids. Yeah. House members supplied KN95 masks stamped made in China. Yes, the best mask to wear. The KN95, also the most expensive. Yeah. 
self-explanatory. how much KN95 masks cost. Ew, that thing's ugly. They got like a full face mask. Looks like you're wearing a big cast over your head. Some of these KN95 masks could be like fucking 40 bucks a piece. Yeah, it's an expensive face mask. Wars has got a bunch of nothing burger fucking articles at the top today. Why the regime hates Joe Rogan. Yeah. That's a line. They're kind of obvious. Dr. Malone and Peter Navarro penned Declaration of Independence from Forced Universal Vaccination Policy. A letter posted to the Washington Times opinion section Friday declares freedom from a global mandatory vaccination policy. Co-authored by mRNA vaccine inventor Dr. Robert Malone and former Trump economic advisor Peter Navarro, the self-described Declaration of Independence from a forced universal vaccine policy slams the highly leaky and non-durable quasi-vaccines. The pair describe COVID-19 as most likely being a bioweapon genetically engineered at the Wuhan Institute of Virology using gain-of-function technologies transferred to China by Dr. Anthony Fauci's National Institutes of Health Bureaucracy and funded in part by both the NIH and the Threat Mitigation Branch of the Department of Defense's Threat Reduction Agency, DARPA. 
Dr. Malone and Navarro also slammed vaccine passports, economic lockdowns, and mask vaccination mandates being implemented by governments around the world. No vaccine exists capable of eradicating the virus comparable to vaccines for diseases like polio and smallpox. And COVID-19 has entered a variety of animal reservoirs, the letter continues. At this point, it cannot be eradicated by any human vaccine. According to the authors, the Omicron variant is less dangerous to humanity than the experimental mRNA jabs. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm just like, I don't know about that one, homie. The Pfizer and Moderna jabs are based on an experimental mRNA technology originally developed by one of this piece's authors, Malone, are of primitive construction and are associated with the development of vaccine and monoclonal antibody-resistant viral mutations. The quasi-vaccines are significantly riskier than public health officials have disclosed and can trigger serious cardiac and thrombotic conditions, menstrual cycle disruptions, Bell's palsy, Ghislaine Bear or Ghislaine Bear syndrome, and anaphylaxis. Young males who get the jab are more prone to myocarditis, and individuals with suppressed immunities that get it are made more vulnerable to other diseases. Dr. Fauci, Pfizer CEO Albert Borla, and former FDA Commissioner Scott Gutlieb are all accused of lying to the public, while outlets like CNN and MSNBC are said to have disseminated propaganda with the help of big tech. The letter says Facebook and Google are determined to hide reality from the public, even as drug company lawyers work to avoid data disclosure that would inform us otherwise. The declaration's authors state, no healthy person below the age of 60 should be enticed or coerced. To get vaccinated. I don't agree with that. Nobody should be enticed or coerced. No. That's what I'm saying. I don't think anybody should be enticed or coerced. No, they're saying anybody over the age of 60 should be. That's what that means. 
Let me read it again. The Declaration's authors state no healthy person below the age of 60 should be enticed or coerced to get vaccinated. This is especially true for healthy children who are at little risk from the prior high risk, higher risk virus strains and develop more robust, diverse, and durable immunity than the quasi-vaccinated. Further explaining why kids don't need the shots, the letter says over half the nation's children have already developed enhanced natural immunity engendered by infection and the risk of side effects of the Pfizer-BioNTech product is higher in those that have developed natural immunity. Hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin are presented by the authors as effective alternatives to the current mass vaccination program being deployed. Both are not just far cheaper than the new antiviral pills approved by the FDA and pimped by Merck and Pfizer. They are safer and likely more effective, the letter notes. While mainstream media continues claiming unvaccinated people are responsible for the creation of COVID variants, the paper's authors say the opposite is actually true. The more you vaccinate, the more likely you will spawn vaccine-resistant mutations. And the more likely those vaccinated will fall prey to the mutations, they warn. A particularly lethal vaccine-resistant mutation in a universally vaccinated world may well wipe out the human race. The Biden administration's current frantic madness cuts against the grain of both current data and very and every scientific principle we know, the announcement adds. In conclusion, Dr. Malone and Navarro state we declare our independence from these fools and urge all of our fellow citizens, vaccinated or not, to do the same. This is based on current scientific data, not a hypnotized fantasy. And that's the end of the article. Damn, time is flying on this podcast. Got ten minutes left. Government data. COVID infections deaths soar after vaccination.
confirms figures from several nations. Data from the Canadian province, Alberta, confirms figures from other nations, contradicting the pandemic of the unvaccinated narrative, showing a spike in COVID-19 cases after vaccination. Probably. Alberta's data is particularly useful because the province reports COVID cases hospitalizations, and deaths by day after the first and second vaccine doses. The most recent figures from the population of 4.4 million show infections, hospitalizations, and deaths from COVID all soar in the days and weeks after people received their first vaccine dose reports former New York Times reporter Alex Berenson. He points out that the figures support the national data from Israel and Britain, which saw COVID deaths hit all-time highs after launching mass vaccination campaigns. Berenson observes that advocates of the COVID vaccines argue that deaths in the UK could be the result of a pre-existing winter wave. Although he adds other European countries such as France and Spain did not face similar large surges. In any case, that explanation can't be applied to Alberta which began its vaccine campaign after the winter 2020-2021 COVID spike. 
through mid-February 2021, only about 2% of Alberta residents had received their first dose. The most likely explanation for the spike was it remains that the first dose of the vaccines transiently suppresses the immune system, as Pfizer's own clinical trial data revealed, Berenson writes. It doesn't look like they have data on that. No, it is not. She could have said the answer is more vaccine. Well, isn't this fascinating? Yellow journalism at its finest. think that's very important a story in the express claimed that a father a father furiously blamed anti-vaxxers for his daughter dying from covid despite the fact that the woman died in march 2020 before covid 19 vaccines were available i don't know i don't think we should go into that video how about you Well, it's about a dude blaming anti-vaxxers for his daughter dying before vaccines were available. I think it explained why it was the case. That paragraph... see if there's enough time to even go into this because it really tickled me when I read it nah there's only a minute and 30 left in the podcast well we can say the title and then go into it tomorrow thousands of destroyed packages along railroad as train cars in Los Angeles looted.
<laughs> I thought you'd be saying right on about that. They're looting train cars instead of stores now. Welcome back to the Kyle Chaos and Aaron Order Show. I'm your host, Aaron Order. And I'm Kyle Chaos. Well, tune in uh, next time when we talk about how we're being screwed with and how we're trying to stop ourselves from being screwed with. I think this show had uh, examples of both. And sorry, InfoWars didn't bring it today, folks. Yeah, they had a couple of good articles. They just had a couple articles that we're a little bit obvious. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, get out of here, you hippies. And this now clean hippie is uh, Balin. All right, peace, Saudi. Peace, Saudi. <laughs>